You ever been walking through the Navy Exchange and wonder why all the Naval Pride and Heritage gear is horrifically ugly and you wouldn't actually wear it? Have you ever wanted some really cool gear and you just don't know where to go? Well, I got you, fam. Go to dgutsapparel.com immediately. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, we're working on new designs all the time, open to ideas. We're trying to create a brand that uh, lets you display that pride, but doesn't make you cringe. Uh, also, if you're willing to and you're able to, please go to patreon.com slash podcast, pick one of the five tiers and become a patron today. What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. So I said this in the, uh, I mean, it should be now published uh, Super Chiefs episode that um, I'm recording this the same day. <laughs> that I was going to go, I was going to do a spin the yarn, um, answering the question, how can I be so critical of the chief's mess? Um, almost adversarial in a lot of interpretations and still be so proud of being a chief. And I mean, you can look around, um, and understand like, and there's a lot you can't see. I mean, I've got a case full of like combo cover anchors that I collect. Um, bunch of other stuff i mean my cpo every every chief for as much as i'm critical of the cheese creed there's a the you're given one usually like some copy of it and it's like a i got one um it's like a wooden helm and in the middle it's got brass with the creed printed on and it's got my name and pinning date and all that stuff and it's hanging on my wall like and that's a thing that i am very critical of um bunch of stuff i mean the whole wall's covered with submarine stuff and cook stuff and personal mementos like stuff i got when i left boats and i've got my golden dragon and uh shellback thing on the wall and all that and it's i was asked by uh ariana actually we were having a conversation where um she was wondering how i can how can you be proud of this like when we were in a conversation critic where like we were both being critical um but she was bringing up some interactions she had and um historically i think and and uh i just think it's a really valuable conversation because as i mentioned on on the uh, super chiefs episode it's it's uh it's a thing that can if you don't address it and and if you don't take the time to like explore the idea and really understand it and come from it from a like a constructive perspective it'll eat you alive right like especially these board eligible first classes that are about to be selected here in less than a month i think um it's it's something that like you spend and I was no different. You spend the entire time uh, junior listed and as just as a non chief, right? Like uh, from E1 to E6 or whatever your journey is in, in that that part of the enlisted pay grade structure. Um, you spend a lot of your time uh, on the other side of an adversarial relationship with the chief's mess. So it's a it's a very um, it's not often talked about and it's a but it's a very important component of of transitioning from you know uh outside the chief's mess to inside the chief's mess and to to understanding um how to be a, a productive leader in that role um and so i want to talk about why i am so critical of the chief's mess but i'm simultaneously so damn proud 
of the fact that I was part of it. Uh, I was a chief longer than I wasn't in the Navy. Um, after I left, I believe I was a chief for about 12 years and I did 21 years in the Navy. Uh, so, you know, chief, senior chief, master chief, but that whole time combined. Uh, and so I, I and the, the short answer is I've seen what it can be. I've seen the potential of it um, in practical application when it's when it's living up to its full potential. Right. When it's uh, when the organization and the people that comprise it come together for a common cause or when a chief whether it's me or someone else lives up to like that uh, exemplar to that like ideal um that as junior enlisted we want from our chiefs and we want from the mess and more often than not we don't get it um for a lot of reasons right not just because it's a toxic dumpster fire right it, it, like that's what that's the meme right but it's it is dysfunctional i don't think it's a toxic dumpster fire exactly um i definitely think it can appear that way and can functionally be that based on the consequences of that dysfunction but it also has the potential to be something really special and sometimes it is um and that's what i want to talk about is, is i've gotten the opportunity to do some incredible things that i'll never forget uh for my entire life that I've kept mementos from that I are very important to me. Um, some of that's been through the podcast. A lot of it hasn't been. And I've got my charge book in front of me to show you some of the evidence. <laughs> I got receipts um, where not only like, so if I go to the journal section, right, not only did I, ha I mean, I had a rough initiation season and I I've talked about it on the podcast a bunch where I effectively got to not only go through the season, but but be a member of this mess for three years because uh, I was there for a little less than a year as a first class and then made chief. So I got to be a part of that mess after going through the initiation season. Uh, we called it induction in 2011, but um, I got to be a part of the season there, but I got to be in that mess for like three years and it was like chief university, but also it wasn't perfect and particularly the season, right? Like there were some really great experiences. Uh, like I've talked about that Cobb when um, he would have us do these like book report things. And of course we would suck at it. And this dude would go into like lecture mode where he would start talking to us about the content of these books. And he was able to like convey the meaning and the uh, historical importance of, cause I had a lot of his like sick, uh, the, Six Frigates, I think, is uh, the book title and um, Leading the Seven Seas, which I've got on the shelf over here somewhere. And, um, or Navigating the Seven Seas. I think the Melvin, Melvin Williams book. Um, and he was able to talk. He was able to talk about these books like he was there. I mean, it was riveting. And it a large component of that was the caliber leader this guy was, the depth and breadth of experience that he had, but also like he was passionate about it like it was that stuff's important to him and he conveyed that importance as well through that passionate articulation right and, and that those things i mean not only were we on the edge of our seats but those the other chiefs in the room and senior chiefs in the room were on the, like they they all got captivated by uh those 
uh, trainings or whatever. Uh, we were in the cheese mess. I don't know. I think it was training, but, um, there was some like not fun stuff too. Uh, and <laughs> so in the journal entries, um, at the very beginning, it's me, it's like very much first class mindset. Um, one of them's fun. It was August 10th, 2011 day before my birthday. Uh, I, the first line of the journal entry is just got fisted by the cob <laughs> and it's fun because he underlined it because I thought, I mean, journal in my brain, you know, and you're like, you're redlining the entire, uh, initiation season. Right. And we were, uh, we called it on mission, but we were on deployment. Um, and, uh, so you're, you know, like I'm doing that. I mean, that's enough to stress anyone out. And then on top of that, I'm trying to do the initiation season. And oh, by the way, we had two major ships inspections coming up. One of them was an SMI, which was my inspection. So I like just not sleeping and like it was a mess. So in my mind, these journals are are not are personal. Like they're no one's going to read them because it's a journal, right? <laughs> Turns out. We were at a training. It was in the wardroom. Uh, on the, we use the wardroom on submarines for meetings because we don't have enough a lot of spaces for everybody to gather. We we're in the wardroom. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they were reviewing mine, and uh, I forget who found it, but then they handed it to my cob, and he read it and underlined it, and we all got a good laugh. Um, well, I mean, I wasn't laughing; I was terrified, but they were laughing. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, talking about all the menial tasks we have to accomplish, no idea how I'm supposed to keep up with this and work and SMI preps. Um, and not like the first, very first entry is holy shit. I made chief. And then, uh, I put my name was the first one over the one MC. I'm about to shit myself then had a mini panic attack because I thought Alex didn't make it, which was a buddy of mine. That was a, he's a torpedo man that, um, he had been a first class for a really long time. And, uh, was, I mean, he was that, he was that guy that you, and you're like, why isn't this guy a chief? Like he's amazing. A sailor of the year and all. And he was just not, not a great exam taker. So he wasn't making board, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, he did make it, which was awesome. Uh, and then I said, uh, thinking about it so much, it's pretty insane for it to actually be here. And then not looking forward to transition, getting fucked with by the goat locker. <laughs> so it's like, that's the, that was my outlook at the time was like, God, I don't want to deal with this crap. I, I thought it was stupid. I thought it was unnecessary. Um, and a large part of that was just arrogance thinking that I was already ready to do the job and, um, that I, you know, I was, I was already a better leader. I was probably going to be a better chief than all these guys and all that, like all that kind of stuff, which, you know, come to realize later, I'm an idiot. Um, we got a break because the submarine broke and we pulled in San Diego. Um, and we did the uniform fitting because we had access to a uniform shop unexpectedly. And that was really fun. Um, because I got to put khakis on and I got like, it was, it was cool. It was stuff I had thought about for a long time. Um, and then, for the 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 one where the cob underlined that entry, um, the reason I made that entry was because I just got lit up. I got called into the chief's mess and told that uh, I couldn't participate in the season anymore because the galley was such a mess. Blah blah blah. I had a chief at the time that should have been running it, but while he was a good dude 
terrible chief, right? So I was the one keeping all the plates spinning. And when my attention was taken away from that, and I, I like everybody, I just disappeared. And all my, I'm like freaking out. Like, this is the thing that's on fire. So I'm paying attention to the season. Um, and the galley went to, went to shit. <laughs> Um, and on, and on and on it goes, right. Um, I've got, you know, my birthday one where I, f- I failed my mock PFA. That's the only, it wasn't a real PRT, but I was so nervous. I was freaking out and I just bombed the, we did it on a treadmill underway. And I just like, I was so nervous that my heart rate was like a million before I even got on the treadmill and I just sucked. And, um, yeah, it's like failed my mock PFA as the cherry on top of one of the shittiest days I've had in years. I don't even struggle with running. Ridiculous. Giant piece of humble pie with the side of I'm not perfect. Everyone is fallible. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it, it goes on and you can see my mindset transition throughout, right? Um, and uh, the entries actually get longer too. Um, I don't know, man. It was cool. Like the the uh oh and then like at one point i had the nukes will appreciate this the uh there was a nuke elt that i spent time mentoring and helping through his fish and stuff and uh he had me pin his fish on which you know was kind of like submariners like at the especially at the time i'm a chief select when i pinned him uh they thought it was surprising right because we're not exactly uh treated like we have a high level of knowledge if even a high level of cognition right people think we're stupid just because we're cooks it's the culture of submarines i don't know why i don't know why smart people act so dumb but it happens all the time uh and i thought it would be uh I thought it was really cool. Like I remember that moment vividly and I remember being really proud of the fact that he like I kind of surprised, honestly, because I, you know, like you imbibe some of that stuff and you think to yourself that like, eh, you know, like it's even though you helped a lot, they're not going to ask you. And then he did. Um, yeah. Got bodied by SMI <laughs> September 8th. He, home sweet home. Taco Bell and Red Bull. <laughs> That's the only thing I wrote that day. <laughs> I used to be obsessed with Red Bull. But uh, yeah, and and when I get in here, that what I turned this into, which it was a, a chief during the season explained it to me, it was like it turned into a scrapbook essentially, like it was like a time capsule and and just a record of of the things that I've accomplished, but also like the things I got to be a part of, right? And for me, the things that I accomplished is 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 the same thing. It's synonymous with like the things my sailors accomplished. Right. And there, yeah, for sure, there are things in here. Like I have my promotion to senior chief and master chief in here, but like in my mind, and I said it at both promotions, like this happened because of the hard work of my people. Not I, like I didn't have as much, nearly as much to do with it as, as they did. Right. Uh, and I, I really do believe that. Like, I understand that I worked really hard, but also, you know, without them, it's what's, what am I, I don't even have a job essentially. But, um, so like I have like, uh, I kind of taped all the stuff in here, right? It's like, uh, this is the first chief season that I ran. I was really proud of this. Um, this is one I've talked about. It's this is, this was their pinning invitation. And then this was like their little sequence of events for final night that folds open. Um, and that one was really cool. I need to get a picture of those guys in here, but that was really cool because, that was what kept me in the Navy. Like I was, I was separating as a chief at 11 and a half years. Um, 
and they let me run the chief season and it was it was like crack it was like freebasing leadership development like an education it was just like i i was hooked and i i told my i i knew i couldn't get that experience anywhere else in the way that i did so that that's what kept me around um, this is one of my f- first class leaders as an A school instructor. She posted this. It's like a blog post um, thanking a bunch of people um, for their involvement in her development and stuff. And uh, it said, like, so I had a conversation with her while she was my A school student where she wanted to be a search and rescue swimmer on her ship. I've talked about this on the podcast before, too. Um, but it says people told me and this is her blog post. People told me when I got here that there was no way I would be able to be a SAR swimmer. And I told her they were going to tell her that. I told her when you get there, they're going to tell you you can't do it. They're going to tell you cooks don't do that. She's like a real short, petite girl. I was like, they're going to tell you you can't do it because you're tiny. You're a girl. Well, all these other reasons. And I was like, don't take no for an answer and show them. Don't just tell them you want to do it. You better be in the gym every day. You better be hanging around them like an annoying like little sister that just won't go away and show them how bad you want it and work for it. Um, and then, but after a month of hard work, I'm proud to say that I'll be at SAR school in two super short weeks. Now that I'm in reach of my goal, nothing can stop me. I am determined to come out on top as my chief from boot camp would say, motivated, dedicated, kill, kill, kill. And then it said, I won't be letting anything stand in my way. I look forward to the four weeks of physical training. I look forward to being one of the few, if not the only female in my class. I look forward to being the smallest in my class because that means nothing. The only thing that stands in the way of me being able to get through this training is me and I dare to dream. I will study harder, train harder and push myself to new heights physically and mentally. Uh, and then I go down to the bottom and she's just thanking people for like helping her along the way. Right. Thanks for mom. Thanks for other people. And it said, I highlighted the part that says, thank you, chief foster for checking in on me from time to time. Your words of encouragement and example of excellence continues to push me to, to be my best in all that I do. Um, and so that's in my book. Uh, and that kind of stuff, I mean, that's, that's the majority of my book is, is like little mementos from pinning ceremonies from chiefs that I, 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 uh, influenced. I got a thank you card in here, um, from one of my instructors, uh, my senior enlisted Academy, just class stuff is in here and, and I, and on and on it goes. Um, and like, this is one that these are Facebook posts where people are just tagged me and thank you. This is that card. I've talked about this in the podcast that I got to help uh, change the orders for a young lady whose mother was dying of cancer and she got orders to Norfolk and uh, her family's from San Diego. So, you know, had the had her chief instructor vet that, you know, that was all accurate. And then we got her orders changed and she left a card on my desk. I never met this kid ever. I don't even I couldn't pick her out of a lineup. Um, but she left a, a card on my desk that said, Senior Chief Foster, I want to personally thank you for your hard work and dedication and also for your support uh, in the change of my orders. Mere words can never express my gratitude. My mother and family thank you as well. Very respectfully, Sailor's name, right? And, and there's a lot of stuff like that in here that I continue and I continue to populate it as I go here um, because even now that I'm retired, things continue to happen that are notable um, and those are some small examples right along the way of of uh like what it what it can be when you 
are in the mess and it's and it's I've talked about it in the podcast to you where it's there are things that a chief can get done that a first class can't. There's things a senior chief can get done that a chief can't. There's, a, you know, et cetera. Um, I'm not saying that that should be that way, but it is. And that being what it is, um, that can be used to do good and to do evil, essentially. Right. And there's lots of examples all over meme pages and the Internet of incompetent leaders um, doing the wrong thing for the wrong reason and the sailor venting about the impact that it had on them and how they thought it was unjust and how it hurt them and and uh, even like it, the how it led to acute mental health issues and everything else. But when you see it function correctly, I won't even say like when it's like peak, when it's like really functioning at the highest possible level, just when it's functioning correctly, like normally, well, it's just like a normal baseline, it can be pretty incredible and have a huge impact on people. And I've mentioned that as well. There are people that have come up to me and said things to me that like thanking me profusely for things I don't even remember doing or saying, right? Like it was just a normal everyday interaction that meant infinitely more to them than I could ever perceive it to or believed it did. It was just a thing I said in the process of trying to be the best leader that I could be. Um, and it made a huge impact and they came back around and told me about it later. And I'm like, I don't even like, I don't even remember doing that. And it's not because it wasn't important, I guess. It's just like it, it, making an impact on like something that I thought was important, right? Or like when they come back around and tell me if it happens early enough, then it's kind of like the, that interaction. I'll remember it like that card with that sailor. Like I remember doing that because that card happened two days later. Right. And I, I it made it that card is what burned it into my memory. And I kept it because it, it meant a lot to me. Um, but I'm also extremely critical of the, it's, it's kind of like a loop, right? Think about it like, like, like a circle. Uh, it's, it's, I'm critical because I know the potential that the mess has is, is probably a, a pretty strong way of articulating it. It's like, I know what it can be e again, even when it's not overachieving. And that's something that I've I got in an argument with my one of my favorite CMCs ever. Uh, he, the whole White House story, right? Where I helped, uh, I intervened. I thought I was just, you know, that's just my job. I just did my job. I intervened when the White House screening went away for stupid reasons. Got it turned back on. Sailor got selected, right? Went to the White House. Um, my CMC came down and was like slapping me on the back, telling me what a great job I did and and basically hi like highlighting how I had gone above and beyond. And I came right back with, I just, why, why are you patting me on the back? I just did my job, man. I, anybody would do the same thing. And he said, like, to, and to his, <laughs> to his point, like he's right. Uh, he said, no, they wouldn't. Like most people would just accept a senior chief or a mass chief, something like that, that was the screener person, like the coordinator or whatever, um, turning it off as the final answer. And I thought about it. And while I thought he was right, I also at the time believed that while that may be true, that what I did was not 
above and beyond. That was what should be expected out of every chief. So it's it's not that I deserved recognition. It's that the people that wouldn't do that deserve to be calibrated <laughs> like they need to get fixed. Um, and I still to still believe that. But I also understand where he's coming from, where he was like, well, I'm here to reinforce what you just did because not everybody would do it. And so while it's you, you might be right, like agree to disagree, like you might be right that it's not above and beyond, but it it because of where because a lot of people wouldn't have done that. It is. You know what I mean? Like it's all it's like grading something on a curve. Right. Um, and so my conflict with the uh, organization, right, with the way that the mess functions with the way that we create chiefs, train chiefs, um, the standards that we have for them, the way we communicate who we are and what we do, which is why I blast the creed so often. My conflict with those things is not an expression of my hatred towards the mess, but more my expression of frustration and disappointment because I know in my you know, like in the cells, every cell in my body, I know that we can do so much better. And that doesn't mean that every single chief needs to be perfect. That doesn't mean every, I want to make photocopies of myself. That doesn't mean that every single one of them needs to be an exemplar. It means every single one of them need to be striving towards a goal of being the best possible chief they can. Right. And that's why I, I put that line in that uh, draft revision of the creed that I wrote that I read on the last podcast, if you haven't heard it. Um, and it'll be on the website as a, like a word file. Um, it's I know the potential. I've seen it work. I've got to be that person and I've got to watch my chiefs do that. I've had people do it for me. It's there. Are, there are ways that you can make just an incredible impact on people. Um and when I see that not happening, and especially, particularly when I see it, the inverse of that happening, when I see like the reactions that I ha- I, I'm showing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read one more here in a minute that I got from a podcast listener. Um, when I see these, these things that I'm, I'm sharing with you, when I see the inverse of that happening, right, when it's relayed to me on the internet, when I see it happen in real life, um, when people contact me via the podcast, when I have discussions with people and they share their story, when I see those things and hear those things where the absolute worst thing is happening, when, when one of my old students um, who, who I don't know if she still listens, but she did for a long time. Um, when she tells me she was partici- participating in a special event, was selected because she's outstanding, uh, and then tells me that a senior chief uh like try essentially tried to sleep with her and like was sexually harassing her and trying to coerce her and stuff like that makes me want to go scorched earth you know like that's disgusting uh it's it hurts me like it it causes me pain to hear stuff like that because this is so important to me because this is is so important to me the potential of this the importance of the function that that this uh, is meant to fulfill, like it, it's, it can be so much, and 
if we took leadership development and education seriously and we created and communicated clear and concise expectations and standards to the people that comprise this organization and then held them accountable to those, we could, I mean, think about, and this is something I, I discussed this with Lieutenant uh, Travis. I think she's Lieutenant Commander Travis now. I'm sorry if I screwed that up. Um, if you could have an objective quality increase in leadership performance of 20%, right? I don't need you to be perfect. If I could, if I could put a, a system in place that made every chief in the Navy 20% better. So if you're at zero, you're now at 20. If you're at 20, you're now at 40, right? Think about the impact that would make on everything. Everything in the Navy, every interaction you have, every experience, every person you work with, like attitude, mood, mental health, um, just just processes, qualifications, uh, you know, esprit de corps, just the ship's efficiency at doing the thing, the mission or whatever, just everything. I don't, I have no interest in pursuing perfect chiefs. It'd be cool if that was even possible. But all I want is for the Navy to take it more seriously. Like if you're going to go out to, to everybody and communicate that we're the backbone of the Navy, then why don't you treat it with the importance that you convey in your little one-liners that you insert into speeches, right? Because if it was so important to the operation of the Navy, then why can't we get resources? And don't point it in like ELD, like I'm happy it exists, but it's that's not the solution, right? That you'd have to multiply that by 10 and like add all kinds of functionality to that. Um, it's a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. And while I appreciate it exists, come on. Um, I just, the, the dichotomy of my involvement in passion for and criticism of the chief's mess is it's, I know what it can be and I know it can be the solution, right? All the, all the, all the sailors that light up Reddit like a Christmas tree every day and are the, are the meme account runners and the, and the page, like the shit my LPO says page and there's an MA one and there's a, you know, like all those pages, right? They're expressing this frustration and disappointment in the mess and we're not paying attention to it or taking it seriously. We're just laughing at it, right? And I, like I've talked about debrief and simio surveys where they light the senior listed on fire and they light the chief smiths on fire and I'm briefing the triad and the, they're laughing about it oh bitchin sailor's a happy sailor it's like or not or not um it's incredibly frustrating to watch it function in that manner and while i was on active duty i was simultaneously one of the most influential chiefs in the messes i was in except for the first one because i was brand new and it was a very top heavy mess I was simultaneously the most, I was still vocal in that mess, but I wasn't the most influential at all. But I was simultaneously like the most influential and the most, uh, I don't know if disliked is the right word, but like, um, like they're like, oh, here he goes. You know what I mean? Like saying the quiet thing out loud again. You know, like I was 
I, it's a lot easier to just sit there and let the status quo be what it is. Uh, it caught changes is uncomfortable and uh, criticism is uncomfortable. And I'm the guy that's going to say it out loud. And I did very often to the point that, I mean, Cobbs and CMCs that really liked me uh, and valued what I brought to the organization also. I mean, like there's not a lot of chiefs out there that get told <laughs> to essentially shut up senior chief and like like they don't I don't you don't get called that you get called by your first name 99 percent of the time. Not me. <laughs> like I found a way to get put in my place quite a bit because it, it, when I think someone's wrong, I'm going to tell them they're wrong and I'm going to argue the point until I get shut down like that, because then I know. I've, I've done everything I possibly can. I've exhausted every option. And unless we're talking about sa like safety of sailors or something that's like illegal or super dangerous or, or just ethically wrong, at that point, I've pushed as hard as I can. The person that is the decision maker, and in this case, we're talking about like a CMC or Cobb, that they get, they're, they're the one wearing the cookie. They get to make the decision. I'm there to support and advise and, and, you know, do everything I can to help. And, and, but when they, when I would get chin checked, it's like, okay, I did everything I could. I cob move on with life. Right. Um, I still thought they were wrong. <laughs> like I still thought they should do it differently, but I would push that hard. Right. So like it's, I was disliked in, in moments or entirely, but also I was respected and had a lot of influence. Um, for that reason, that's in my analysis, that's how a mess should run. And that's how we per, we communicate that a chief should function. But then when they do, people get pissed because they're human beings. That's why I'm studying psychology like they're they're having human reactions. But we've painted this picture of this organization and its values as like what I think, I think it can be an attainable uh, goal and and, it's, and you could be that exemplar while being a fallible human being, but it's, they don't even, a lot of people don't even pursue it. A lot of messes collectively don't pursue it. And then sometimes there'll be anomalies in that mess a lot of the time, honestly. Um, but that you get treated like I did. You're, you're like, you know, like sometimes you can you can fight your and, and a lot of that had to do with my rank and seniority as well, obviously. But uh, you can get ostracized for, for vocalizing those things. So a lot of human beings that have a sense of belonging and don't want to don't want to get ostracized from that organization, just keep their mouth shut. And that's the problem. Not enough people are saying the quiet part out loud. Um, I hope that explains it. I think, I think it makes perfect sense. It confuses some people and I guess it, it's understandable, which is why I wanted to, uh, to do this and, and kind of break it down. But to me, it makes perfect sense. I care about this thing, right? I care about the, not just the Navy, but I care about the cheese mess. I think it has a very important role. I think, uh, it can be magical, when you when you do it right, when you take it seriously, when you really are striving to attain like the values delineated in like the mission, vision, guiding principles, and a lot of the, even just the historical documents, right? Like the short talk with chief petty officers thing. Um, but 
unfortunately, based on what in my analysis is a void in leadership development and education and and effective standards and communication and enforcement of those standards, it's a dysfunctional mess. And not just, I don't mean like the mess. I mean, the mess is a dysfunctional mess, like, <laughs> like a sloppy, ugly mess. Um, and there are anomalies, right? There are high functioning messes out there. There are dysfunctional messes with high functioning members. Um, status quo though, like the, the mean, it's a dysfunctional mess. Uh, and if you need any more evidence, just go troll Reddit, the meme pages, Simeo surveys historically, there's plenty of articles, um, stories shared on the podcast, uh, other podcasts, acute mental health issues are rampant and out of control. And again, in my analysis, it's a leadership problem. It's caused by incompetent leadership. Um, and so that's why I'm so vocal about it. That's why I go hard in the paint. Um, and I'm simultaneously really proud of being a chief because I've seen what it can be. And I'm, I'm not walking away from the possibility, however infinitesimal, <laughs> that we can turn the ship around and, and get it headed in the right direction and uh, create something that not only we can be proud of, um, because I, I'm proud of it, even though I think it's broken, but that junior sailors can be can be pr not proud of so much as just can trust and um, be guided by and developed by and look up to and want to be a part of. And right now, I, I don't think that's real. And I, there's an article, um, not an article. There's a I did a podcast on. A social media post that Bill Hulahan did about a sailor that checked in. He's CMC. They did a career development board, and he said, "I've never met a chief that I want to be, ever." And Hulahan, being the exceptional leader that he is, lost his shit and posted, wrote it on his dry erase board in his office. Said he's not erasing it until he turns that around. Um, you know, made the social media post. I did the podcast on it uh, as a result, and we interacted a little bit. Um, but yeah, I. I I don't think that's going away. I think that's that quote that he had on his dry erase board is the sentiment of the majority, if if not damn near all, uh, junior enlisted sailors in, in the Navy. Um, so yeah, that's that's why. Um, the last part I, I wanna I really want to drive the point home of what's possible, and uh, I'm gonna read. Some, if not all, of this email that I received. This was back in 2021, right at the beginning of 2021. Um, a new chief sent me an email that uh, I, I've had it sitting in my box. I got to transfer it into my book, but I'm trying to figure out how because I want to put the whole thing in there and I don't want to like cut it up and stuff. But um, it's, uh, I, and I, I don't want to put the, I, I didn't have time, uh, cause I, I just thought of it when I unpacked my book, I found the email, but I didn't have time to kind of get his permission. So I'm not going to, you know, say who it is or try, I'm going to try to strip it of any, uh, identifying information, but I'll read the highlights, I guess. Um, the subject was chief initiation, your podcast and its impact on this first year, meaning like a first year chief. 
Uh, and the first line, I mean, I remember reading the email and I remember it was like a good punch in the gut. If that's a thing it says, bro, through your efforts, you have completely changed the course of my career flat out. Uh, and then he talks about, um, like his rate, he's a new chief, uh, and they said that initiation resulted in some of those scars you discussed on your teaching to the creed acceptance podcast that were deep enough that I applied for a commission because I was actively trying to remove my anchors. I think that fundamentally the issue in my season was that this teaching to the creed curriculum was never taught or was only taught by us selectees. I'm not certain, but I know I never got any formal training outside of CPO SLC, which was a, it's effectively replaced by teaching the creed now like the or the i think they do laying the keel now i don't know it changes every five minutes but anyway uh perhaps we can get into the weeds on those scars later but it isn't the point of this email the point is that i have been fundamentally shifted in my biases towards chiefs uh throughout this last year starting with my season i have had a slew of experience that confirmed my already very negative view of chiefs uh, and then he talks about the people that participated in his season was, it was, they were doing it more for entertainment value, like the reindeer games concept, um, of watching people struggle and all that kind of stuff. And he said, how can we forge family ties? If all we are going, all we are doing throughout the season is berating each other. Why was it my responsibility to go seek out advice from those who, in my perception, were abusing me just so that I could understand why the abuse was happening? Why did my selection suddenly mean my opinions and voice was somehow less valuable than it was before that list came out? These were questions I wrestled with and continued to wrestle with through my entire first year. Uh, and then he says, hell, if I'm being fair, I probably still f I'm probably still trying to figure out those whys. I actively sought out advice and mentorship from those who seemed to bring positivity to my season, those who seemed to be, again, in my perception, trying to add legitimate value to the training curriculum throughout my first year. Those are those anomalies I was talking about. I was involved in the mess, tried to be the best chief I knew how to be, and my sailors seemed to appreciate my efforts. But due to my circumstances in season, I always had a black cloud hanging over me since I did not participate in final night. Uh, for understanding, it wasn't really by choice. Uh, had a kid being born, complicated pregnancy, hospitalizations, right? Like it was his attention needed to be on his family, basically. Um, so this whole year, I've been getting my acceptance alluded to as fictional or that I didn't actually go through it. Um, this year, which he's talking about the first year he participated in the season as a chief, uh, this year, I was knee deep in season since I wanted all the perspectives I could gain. My mess was probably sick of me asking questions, starting with why after every evolution. There's no way I was right regarding the mess. Too many people I respected were 100% bought in. So I needed to find the good that they found. Roughly two weeks into our season, your podcast was recommended in a Facebook group when I floated the idea of starting my own podcast. I devoured the teaching of the creed modules. Uh, you put words to how I feel and I respect your words so much more because you're not limited to speaking them behind closed doors and one-on-one -on -one conversations. This transparency made me realize that my feelings were valid. They didn't have to be hidden. Uh, while I should always 
be trying to stay in alignment with the mess. It's okay to speak my truth as well as long as it's done with the intention of moving the mess forward. Not only that, but to hear your conversations with others in the mess was so refreshing to me that some in our community are comfortable enough in their ideas to speak openly about them. It is incredible to find through proxy the support of more chiefs out there, especially in a community I'm not personally familiar with, meaning submarines and stuff or just, you know, whoever I happen to be talking to, I guess. And then he says, thank you, bro. I can only imagine the time investment it takes for these, but it's so worth it. I really appreciate your work. If you could please forward this, if you feel appropriate to all those who worked with your teaching of the creed modules, which I did, they were all fantastic and brought, bought, uh, brought a range of ahas to my first year. Um, and then, you know, just some other stuff that's not relevant, but that, I mean, and he's probably listening to like he we still correspond. Um, he that I mean, there aren't even words to describe like and I've gotten similar ones. Like I have another one hanging up over here that I won't go. I'm not going to read you 17 emails, but like I have another one from another chief that just talking about how I, I, I reinvigorated him and he was bitter and jaded and, and essentially just like mentally checked out and then discovered the podcast and it reinvigorated his desire to be a good chief. Right. And it's, it's, and this isn't self-congratulatory. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not writing an eval over here. I, this doesn't benefit me in any way, shape or form. Um, unless you're some troll that wants to say I'm stroking my own ego or whatever. And I don't care. Um, that's not what I'm, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing it because these are the exam. This is the evidence I have. Like, these are the, these are the receipts, you know, like I can't, I don't have like, these are my examples. It's my context. So, um, and I want to, sh- I want to show, right. Not just say that, uh, the potential impact that you can make. Right. And, and this, I, these, a lot of these impacts I'm sharing with you, this was from a side hustle. (laughs) This was from just like a thing I was doing on the side because I viewed, uh, the current model as broken. So I'm like, well, what can I do about it right now that can help some of these people? And so, and I settled on a podcast, right. And I've told the, the origin story and stuff, so I won't get into that, but, um, that's what it can be. That's the potential that it has. That's the impact that you can make on people. And that's like the probably the most important point that I can drive home is that you have the ability to make a difference. You don't have to start a podcast. You don't have to be on TikTok. You don't have to do, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to do any of that. Initially, I was targeting junior sailors, right? That was the point, right? I was, I was trying to provide a leadership tool, like a resource for development for junior sailors not for chiefs <laughs> that I didn't even think I was afraid I had imposter syndrome I was afraid the mess was going to come for me you know because how not for criticizing the mess because I wasn't doing that at first um because how dare you like put yourself out there as this like leadership exemplar and and like this person that's how dare you tell us how to be leaders like how dare you tell our sailors how to yeah you know i mean like i had this fear that people were going to come to come for my head you know and and it never happened and then the bigger it got and the bigger it got this is this is the response almost universally um now that i'm on youtube i get trolls now and then but <laughs> and then reddit and stuff but yeah i i, I just want you to understand like the potential is, and it's not limited to the chief's mess at all. Like there are, I have two 
incredible for well three now because troy's involved three incredible first classes that are putting podcasts out through my platform and making a damn difference um i've seen you know like people in junior positions make an incredible like the the life promotion concept was a podcast like a million years ago but one of my old a school students and friends created this incredible program on board their ship in hawaii called life promotion and it, it was it was a bunch of second classes and third classes and it was incredible you can fix the problems you can make things better um you can create resources you can make an impact but focusing on the mess part because that's what this podcast is about is that's why that's why i go hard in the paint that's why i'm proud of being a chief um i hope that makes sense if you got any questions comments or concerns don't be shy hit me up don't give up your podcast at gmail.com you can facebook message us don't give up your podcast you can dm us on instagram reddit or discord at d gets podcast uh, if you want to support us dgutspodcast.com there's a donate button on the website or you can go to d guts apparel uh it's <laughs> don't go up the ship apparel dgutsapparel.com uh get yourself some naval pride and heritage gear actually we're in public that's where the podcast gear is too we got stickers we got all kinds of cool stuff coins um and then if you want to the probably the best way is ds podcast or sorry patreon.com slash ds podcast uh go become a patron there's five tiers a bunch of really cool benefits and it's it helps us a lot with expanding the platform and paying the bills and all the things uh if you can't afford to uh spend any money that's fine uh like share subscribe review on all the platforms for all the things subscribe to youtube share the videos share the content on social media tag your friends review us on itunes or spotify or whatever you're listening on uh, whatever you can do and then you know even if it's just listening it helps and we really appreciate it uh and that's it that's what i got for you today thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship <laughs>